On this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have Josh Dossie, who is a secondary school athletic trainer, uh, someone who's very active on social media as well. And Greg and him talk about finding that balance in your work and your life when it comes to being an athletic trainer, especially as it pertains to the secondary school. This is always a topic that is so big for the profession and just what we do and the nature of our jobs and the responsibilities and duties that come along with it. So every time you can get somebody with some really interesting perspective on this, we're always up for a listen, especially at the secondary school level, which I will continue to say I do not understand how people do the job at such a high level because of the demands that come along with it and just admire everybody that works in that setting for the work that they do, um, not only in their just initial role, but in the overall impact that athletic training has on young student-athletes. We are brought to you and powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Happy National Athletic Trainers Month. We hope everybody is having a great month. We've seen so many great things. We'll continue to share those out there on social media. If you want us to help reshare something, please just tag us. We'll do it for you instantly. But before any further ado, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of AT Chat. Um, I think we have a, a good one for you guys today. Um, so I am here with Josh Dowsey. Um, and our kind of topic today is going to be the importance of really finding a good job fit and also the importance of uh, having that secondary athletic training or secondary school athletic training coverage. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy. Uh, without further ado, I will turn it over to Josh here and he can kind of introduce himself and, um, you know, share a little bit about himself. Yeah. First off, Greg, thanks for having me on. Um, not a, not a huge public speaker, <laughs> not a favorite thing to do, but, um, when Greg approached me, I just felt like it was something to, you know, at least try and get, get better at for a day and age where we gotta be, you know, a little tech savvy, do things a little, a little out of our comfort zone every now and then. Um, so again, man, thanks for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, a little bit about me. I uh, I was born and raised in, in South Louisiana. Went to high school down here. Went to undergrad at Southeastern Louisiana University. Go Lions, line up. Uh, study athletic training there. To, in, in five years, graduated. Uh, first year, first full-time year out, uh, in, enrolled at A.T. Steele University and got a Master's of Science in Human, human Movement from their – their kinesiology department over there. Um, since that time, 10 years, 10 years in this summer, um, had a few, few different jobs, um, about three years in each, each location to my current job. It's been a, my second year here. Uh, I am, I'm married with uh, my wife, Stephanie, and we have three little kids. We got Hudson, who's about to turn seven, Logan, who is two, and Emerson, who was just born last April during the craziness of, of COVID and, and all that going on. So 
just that's just a little background about about me, uh, where I come from. Uh, right now, I'm currently at at Dutchtown High School through Baton Rouge Orthopedic Clinic as an as an outreach athletic trainer, and that's where I currently serve along with two other uh, certifieds on staff who also teach in the school as well. So they're a teacher AT, and I'm just a sole outreach full-time athletic trainer for the the school. Wow, yeah, very cool. Uh, sound like a, a busy guy with you know a, a young family to uh, kind of come home to every day. So that's awesome. Um, so I guess I'll kind of just turn it over to our first question. Um, can you maybe explain the the story or maybe the process of um, kind of leaving a job that you knew wasn't working for you and then um, kind of just regaining that passion and really finding that better fit for yourself and maybe your family as well? Yeah, so kind of just going through my, my brief job hi history, um, always been in outreach settings throughout my, my 10 years. Um, first job with a local hospital where uh, I live now in Hammond. Uh, they were finally branching out, bringing on more full times. So I thought, you know, great opportunity. I'll, I'll get in and get my feet wet. Um, provide services to, to two schools and, and that job, uh, a smaller private school who was great that I was there, but they could care less that an athletic trainer was there. They had PTs who were parents and doctors who were parents and veterinarians who were grandfathers. So, you know, a lot of kids would go to the veterinarian and get a laser treatment or get a heating pad or, or whatever. So, you know, they didn't need me. I was there to kind of drive in referrals to the hospital. And the other job was across town in the same little town at a small, poorly, um, public high school, small public high school who didn't have a lot of funds. Um, and so kind of just had both both ends of the spectrum, had a little bit of help from one school and the private school with not a lot of help. Had to kind of use sticks and glue and mud to make things work at the at the public school. So I spent three years there um, working, you know, doing everything asked of me there, but I just never felt satisfied. Pay wasn't great. Uh, we had our first son during that job. Um, and my wife stepped away from her full-time job to begin a, a career in, in direct sales. So, you know, finances were, were tough a little bit in full transparency. And so I know I needed, I needed a, something better. I needed something a little different. I wasn't happy with how things were running at that job. So a job came open at Tulane Institute of Sports Medicine to provide coverage at Brother Martin High School, which is very prestigious, prominent, all-boys Catholic school, the 5A class, the biggest class in Louisiana, one of the biggest private schools in the state, always competitive in sports. Had a buddy who was at Jesuit, one of their big rivals in the district. I was like, I gotta, I gotta go for that job. Uh, put in for it. I kind of found out I was the top candidate for them based on my experience and what I could bring to the table as an athletic trainer to that school. Um, and it was great, I was excited. I got in there, still kind of young in the profession, still kind of full of grit and determination, a lot of vinegar <laughs> and fire. And I'm like, I'm gonna come in. They, they've had athletic trainers in the past, but I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna flip this world around. I'm gonna, you know, put Josh's stamp on this, this job. And they didn't want Josh's stamp. They wanted Josh to fit in to what Brother Martin had established. Um, so I had, I had a hard time really, really fitting in there uh, with, with that, that private sector of, um, of parents and students and kind of their mindset of how life life is and finances they had didn't really come from money growing up went to you know a very nice public school at Mandeville High but not you know obviously not a private school um 
And so I didn't really know how to rub elbows correctly with those kind of people. And so I spent about two and a half years there from uh, fall of 15 to summer of 17, right before school started. We were in football camp and my supervisor called me to the office and said, hey, we got a quick meeting. Uh, the school wants you out of there essentially, once you go on and put in a different athletic trainer there. I was like, okay. Um, we had a few run-ins in the past and just, you know, being told, hey, you're too stressed out during football season. Well, yeah, it's football season. <laughs> and, you know, very prominent wrestling season starts in the middle of football season and they're very high maintenance because they've won six straight state titles. Like, I, it's, yes, I'm stressed out. Um, didn't express that. <laughs> um, and I, I had some issues, you know, like I said, my, my personality didn't mesh with what they wanted an athletic trainer and I was still young, still too full of myself and wanting to change the world instead of just riding the wave as the wave came. So I went to another school, another uh, very prominent, very rich private school with Tulane and I just could never fit in there. Um, I remember sitting in job evaluations and being told, you're not being enough of a people person. You're not talking to enough. You're not going to their office and sharing a cup of coffee I'm like, that's not my job. My job is to be an athletic trainer. My job is to provide services to these kids and make sure they're adequately taken care of during that time. And they're like, yeah, that's part of it, but you gotta be a fuel person. Like, that's not who I am. I remember coming home for that interview and uh, that meeting with my wife, like, I can't do this. Like, I, I'm not that kind of person. They're wanting me to be this person who rubs elbows and smoothes and, and, and talks to, you know, parents who have financial ties to the school and put back training on the back burner. Like it's important, it's needed, but be a, be a people, people pleaser first. And that just wasn't, that wasn't me. And I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. So, you know, two jobs into that, that role, two different schools. And I'm just, I, I'm done. Like I just, I, uh, I lost it. I lost the fire. I lost the grit. I lost the passion. Um, I actually was on a phone call this morning with, one of my teachers and preceptors from my time in undergrad, and we were talking, I told him the same thing, I said, I, I just lost it. I lost the drive, I lost the determination. Uh, my family was growing, we had our, our second son at that point, and I was just kind of, I was fed up, you know. I dreaded going to work every day, I dreaded, you know, putting through this, and you know, they were nice, I was, I was cordial with the coaches, but I wasn't happy. Um, I kind of got to the point where, like, I'm done. You know, I'm ready to hang it up. I'm ready to just, I just go to work until an opportunity presents itself. And it did. Um, a school my wife went to for high school, actually, is a, a medical magnet high school. And they've had a girl teaching in their medical magnet program since it started about eight years ago, nine years ago, when I was coming out. I put it forward initially when it first started, but she got, I'm like, that's cool. She's had, she has experience. That's the path she wants to go. I want to be an athletic trainer. I want boots on the ground. And then she stepped down. And I called her and she said, hey, it's yours. I can put a good word in for you and I'm sure you'll get it. I was like, okay, like, this is it. This is my, my change of pace. This is my chance to, to pump my brakes for a few years and watch my family grow, watch my, my kids succeed, get into sports, do things, have more time with myself and, and Stephanie. And, uh, life and just like you know it's, it's a good change of pace it's teaching full-time it's teaching what I know I'm not going in teaching biology I'm going in teaching sports medicine 
And was it hard? Yeah. <laughs> the kids tried to see a new teacher and, and run them over. And, but I had fun. I enjoyed it. And I, I learned. I'm not a teacher by trade and had no teaching experience, no teaching classes in college. So I leaned on my wife, leaned on teacher friends. And I got through it. I got through year one teaching. I'm like, I can do this. You know, I can, I can, I can do this for five, seven, ten years and really have a change of pace here and do PRN work and do things like that to, to keep my, my whistle wet in the athletic training world. And then February of, so that was 17, that was 18 to 19, I taught there. Uh, February 19, I went to work at a Frisbee tournament, ultimate Frisbee tournament at LSU. I worked another, another athletic trainer, so that went well, great. Um, so I think time went on. And then June, he called me up and said, hey, the Brock Foundation, North Peter Clinton wants to hire athletic trainers in Ascension Parish where I work, and I want you. I got your name for another colleague, and I want you as my, my athletic trainer, my third athletic trainer on my staff. So, <laughs> okay, and this is a guy like, it's Ronnie Harper, and that's a name that may ring a bell with some of you guys and may not. Very prominent athletic trainer figure. I knew, Doc, I knew of Doc Harper through circles. Never met the guy until this happenstance of a Frisbee tournament. And, and so I, come to, I, told my wife, we, I came home, talked to my wife, said, okay, well, we'll just pursue it for a little bit. It's interesting. Let's see where it goes. Had an interview with, with, with Ronnie Harper, went well. Kind of just waited around, waited around all June. Kept telling my wife, you know, I'm ready to pull out. When I was ready to pull out of the interview process, the next step would happen, then the next step, and then the next step. And it came in July. I'm like, all right, I'm signing the contract. I'm moving on to this job after a year away from athletic training. And um, it was it. It was, it was that fit that you look for in a job. And it still is. Um, you know, I came in and I was able to put Josh's stamp on things, but know that I, they had a great basis there already and were willing to have change but not have so much change that it knocked them off their feet in, in previous jobs. And I was, and I was more mature, more, more set in my career that I, I could, um, could go in and I could learn from, from Doc Harper and, and Piper Oop, who's our other athletic trainer, because they, they're older than me and more established in the profession. But I could do my thing. I was, I was in charge of football. I was, able, I was able to run football how I want to run football and just keep kind of some things in there. Because already established. The, Ascension Parish is a strong school board that has athletic trainers in all their schools. Since they knew how it worked, they knew the process. As parents understood the process, you know we had things to to do to do the appropriate care and the adequate care for our, our athletes. And so we we hear that we say that fit word, Greg. That's that's that word. That's that this job just fits. It has the it has the family mindset about it. It has all for one, one for all kind of school mindset that everybody leans on each other, works with each other, and make sure everybody's built up and taken care of. There's three of us, you know, unlike other jobs, just myself, there's three of us. So, you know, right now during the spring, I can take a day off during the week and go to breakfast with my wife or play ball with my kids in the backyard and not be stressed out that my kids at school, after the school, aren't cared for because there's two, there's two more there to take care of them and vice versa. When they take a day off, I'm there to, to fill in that gap. And so that's just that fit. That's that, um, that natural kind of just, it works. And I can see myself staying here for that 10, 15, 20 year stretch because of that fit, because of that personality that it meshes. And because I've, I've learned and I've grown and I've matured as a, 
as an athletic trainer. Yeah, thank you for sharing all that. That's a very interesting story that I know a, a lot of people can probably relate to. Um, and, you know, I, we're, we're glad as a profession that you um, were able to recognize, but, you know, find that, find that place that really restored that um, passion and pride. And, um, you know, it, it's moving to here as a student, even just um, kind of how you were able to, you know, get a paycheck, but keep your head up and really look for that, um, you know, that next step that you kind of knew you wanted and um, knew was going to fit better for you. So, you know, I, I definitely um, look up to that story. So thank you. Um, so I guess a little, I, little long winded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no problem at all. It was, it was, you know, I know a lot of people are, you know, in a similar situation where, um, and maybe they don't take that next step. So uh, it's it's definitely important for them to hear, and um, especially for younger athletic trainers to hear as well, um, so that they they are looking for kind of the right things when they're applying for jobs. Um, you know, really looking back to see if this is something that they want to continue with. Yeah, and that like I said, you know, that second job, that that brother Martin High School, it was it had everything I needed. I came from a job where I had nothing. Like, had my outreach coordinator gave us stuff with the hospital for supplies, had a few supplies but not, not a whole bunch. So like brother Martin had everything. I had a trainer room. I, I had essentially an unlimited budget to buy what I want. I remember sitting in my AD when I first started and he said, I said, Hey, what's, what's my number, Scott? What, what, what can I use to buy supplies? He said, you got a number, just don't go crazy. So what does that mean? He said, just buy what you want. Just don't, don't go absurd. I'm like, okay, I can, I can do that. Like, you know, I, it was nothing for me to drop seven, eight, thousand dollars on supplies and stuff I needed for the training room. It was nothing to go to and say, hey, I need our our STEM machine just failed inspection. Uh we need a new one or we can get sued. And he's like, okay, I'm not getting sued. Buy a new one. You know, bring me some quotes. You know, drop drop a four grand on a on a brand new STEM unit. Um and not not that an eye about it. Um those things excited me. I was like, okay, I, I got a space. I can do my thing. But I just got overconfident. And that's why I try to urge, you know, younger athletic trainers, like, be confident, but learn the landscape of the job you're going into. Um, it may look great. It may look, you know, bells and whistles and pretty rainbows, but it may not be the fit for you. It may not, you know, work with your personality. It may not mesh with your career aspirations and career goals and and ways you want to take your your profession. So, you know, make sure you balance and look at all those little aspects going into those jobs and not just all the bells and whistles. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely great advice. Um, so uh, maybe kind of changing subjects here a little bit, but um, how has your experience gone so far, at least in your, your new job here with balancing that um, kind of family and maybe some of your career goals together? So my career goals have always been, I want to probably pursue my doctorate down the road in a couple of years, get some, get some student loan paid off first <laughs> and then maybe pursue that doctorate down the road um, when the kids get a little older. So I've always wanted to pursue my doctorate and I've always seen myself hopefully teaching in a, a college athletic training program and with, with the change of going to the entry level masters, I know I need a doctorate for sure now to teach in that, that program. And so having a guy like, like Ronnie Harper who has that doctorate, who's, who's had it for years, I can, I can lean on him a little bit. We can go to get breakfast, get lunch, 
have coffee and just chat about, hey, what do you think of this? What avenue, what avenue should I go in for that? Um, and so it's, this job is, is helping those little ducks get in a row for me to, to line up some stuff for my future. But even if I don't, even if I stay with, you know, this, this outreach program or hopefully get on with the school board here and teach, I mean, athletic trainer, a lot of them in the parish have families. They're, they're in, a, in a relationship or they're married with, with children and all three of us, all four of us relate to school because Doc Harper is now in middle school. We, um, we, we have, we all have families. We all have a spouse. We all have kids. So we get it. Like we get the very intricate balance and I got younger kids. So it's a little easier to kind of manipulate time a little bit and say, okay, I, they don't do as much stuff right now. We're not too involved in too many activities, but Hey, my oldest is playing basketball. So I would like Saturdays off in the, in the spring, if doable, you know, he plays soccer, you know, can we switch off on Saturday morning clinics for football season and things like that. And um, like we all, we all get it. So we all have kids. We all understand the balancing act. And we're very good about looking at the schedule saying that there's three of us. There's no reason to burden all of us with this, with this schedule. Let's, you know, make sure we're all working together, having a like-minded mindset and, and balancing all that, that, that helps a lot. That helps to keep some of my <laughs> anxiety and, and, you know, things lower and down because I can, I can take a breath when I need to take a breath. Um, I, you know, I, I have an hour drive into work every day, hour in, hour out. And I've told my supervisor and told my spouse, you know, that's Josh's time. Whether that's listening to you guys on podcasts or the Kennedy AT guys on, on their podcast and having a laugh at that's listening to music and have to like zone out somehow that way if that's having a quiet time you know listening to a bible verse or something or listening to you know a bible podcast anything like that to have josh time and you know let me kind of decompress or get my mindset going into work knowing okay it's about to be a 12 16 hour day on a friday and i'm so tired it's it's, it's october this is week seven of football. You know, look at COVID. We had a month and a half of, of preseason and finally played a game. Like, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> game started, and I told my head out of the train, like, I'm just done. Like, we've been grinding for a month and a half now, and we're just starting games. Like, I'm, exa- <laughs> I'm exhausted. But that hour drive in and out gives me a time to prep myself mentally and then decompress myself mentally to where my – Car door shuts in my garage at home. Work stuff stays behind. Uh, obviously, I'll field a phone call here and there. I'll field a text if I have to at night. But they know, like, that's kind of me time to, like, really set everything away and focus on my kids when I get home, focus on my, on my wife and give them my undivided attention, which is very important. Um, and that's what I hope, you know, young athletic trainers who hear this maybe understand, like, that's very important. Like, you can have a family. You can have children, you can have a spouse, and it is tough, it is hard, um, but it is doable if you get in the right situation. Even if you're by yourself at a school, if your coaches get it, if your admin understand that, hey, you know, Josh is looking a little stressed, let's, let's make sure, like, let's give him a day, and we'll know we'll survive because we can call 911. <laughs> That's simple. Or, hey, he's hired a PRN because he just needs a couple of days. And, you know, 
and looking back and Greg, you may be like this from, you know, being a younger, you know, athletic trainer and student, you feel like you can't take days off, right? You feel like you gotta be in, you gotta be available 24 seven and you don't have to, <laughs> we don't. And it took me a while to realize that. And I remember my wife and I took off to Disney world in the midst of my first job, the public high school, they're going to run to state. And we won the quarterfinal, the semifinal football game to go to state the next week. And I said, guys, love you. I appreciate you, but I won't be here tomorrow. You're going to see my other coworker for treatment. And they're like, well, I said, I'm going to Disney World with my wife. And y'all going to be, I'll be, I'll be back on Friday and we'll be in the dome and we're going to win this thing. We didn't, but <laughs> I was back, you know, I went to Disney World and I was fine. You know, my boss might text me a handful of times said, Hey, saw X, Y, and Z. I think he's fine for Saturday. Enjoy your trip. But I say that's so like, you can, you can take that time. Even if you're a lone ranger at a school, they will survive, you know, nine out, nine out of 10 times, nine out of 10, they're going to survive. <laughs> they can, before they, they survive before you, they'll survive without, with, after you. Um, and it's what you do in the middle that makes that important. It helps to grow that. And, and so that's probably one of the biggest experiences that I've, I've learned going through these last 10 years and I'm able to use in this current job because we have a better setup. We have a stronger foundation throughout the parish that allows that to happen. Wow, yeah, that's very fascinating. Um, and also some great insight too, you know, especially for some of the, the younger audience that we have to, you know, try to get a grasp on some of those things early so that, uh, you know, it's a, it is a stressful profession, it's gritty and, um, I think that, you know, hearing a lot of those things um, can go a long way for certain people. So thank you for that. Absolutely. It's, it's going to happen. You're going to have a month or a stretch or a season. You're like, I'm tired. <laughs> like, I just want a month off to sleep. And, I mean, high school is a little different. You know, from college setting, a lot of you guys have, you know, one to two sports depending on, you know, the school you're at. And, you know, for us, and this isn't like a pound on the back for me, but the grind kind of never stops <laughs> in the high school. You know, you, you jump from fall to winter to spring and they all intermingle together, all those, all those athletes and all those sports intermingle. Um, but yeah, just, just take that time, take the time for you to, to decompress, you know, do it, do what makes you happy, you satisfied as a person, whether it's painting or drawing or cooking or, or whatever, like find, find times for you to do little things to have an outlet so you don't explode and you don't have that burnout, you know, to too far into the profession yeah sure no that's uh, it's awesome to hear um so i know you've you've definitely given us some very good advice so far um but you know what um i know you kind of mentioned that some of the schools maybe had you know different financial situations than um you kind of had growing up and were were used to being around and maybe some other like um you know psychosocial factors and things like that so what advice do you have to people that are trying to find a job fit, um, but you know they run into maybe some situations that they just don't see themselves fitting in with? You know, it's that that fit is hard, and it's it might take some some moving around, unfortunately, to to find that fit. Um, you have to learn. You know, some people are better just kind of being a chameleon and blending in with any kind of set. And group of people and you know they can kind of go in and be that people person and have all the energy and everybody kind of just gravitates toward them some are some are not some are a little more reserved like like myself and it takes a little time to to warm up and, and learn everything and I think that's where I was too gung-ho in my early early years where I just 
came in and tried to be who I wasn't and didn't really learn um, kind of how things rolled there and, you know, kind of got thrown into the fire with some different things, you know, and came in, you know, situations where in the middle of a football season when I'm starting this new job and they're wanting kind of one thing expectation and you're like, oh, well, that's not how I did it. But, you know, you got to kind of adjust. And then once they're used to it, you try to change things. There's, there's friction. There's um, problems that arise every now and then. But finding that, that fit is hard. And you may get a resume that's, you know, a page long of, you know, a year here, two years here, a handful of internships. Um, but all that's growth. All that is, is learning. Um, they asked me this in the interviews for this job, say, hey, it looks like you kind of jump ship every three years. And I said, you know, I don't necessarily just jump to jump ship. Everything was kind of a strategic move uh, going forward. You know, job one to job two was mostly financial and then had some incentive with the school I was going to be at because I knew the school going into the job. And then jump two to three was, like we just talked about, it was just, I was kind of fed up. I was done. I was ready for a slower pace. And we went to that teaching job for a year. And then <laughs> unfortunately it looks like a year later, I jumped, I jumped ship again, but you guys came, came calling and you, you wanted me, you, you sought after me, you, you know, I was a fit for you guys. And if I said no, would they have found a fit just that? But absolutely. I'm not saying I was going to end all be all for, for the Bachelor's Clinic and Dutchtown High School. No, but we meshed well together. We, we instantly clicked and connected and were able to to learn one another and learn each other's tendencies and and how we do things and how we operate and we're able to just bounce ideas off one another freely without you know fear of like oh well this is what Josh said now but I want to do it this way well um, we're able to open, have open communication open open talks and you know I don't know if Greg you're in the AT Wolfpack or not but uh, we have a lot of us in there and uh, a lot of, you know, younger athletic trainers, a lot of grad students, and a lot of older athletic trainers, we all kind of try to teach and learn from each other. And I've learned stuff from younger um, grad assistants and students that, you know, are teaching me stuff. And it's all about learning how to mold yourself into a, almost a perfect creature in athletic training. It won't, it won't be perfect, uh, but just learning how to to plug to plug in peace and move things around and, and find new ways to adjust to situations. And you may get that job that you're 10 years, 20 years at and you you love it right out of school. And it may take you 10 years to find that that perfect shit. Um, but it's all about growth and all all about learning learning you throughout the learning who you are throughout the process of those years in the, the field. Yeah, sure. I know we um you know, myself and then a few of the other um, AT Chat co-hosts, we, we talk a lot about just being lifelong learners, uh, but that just kind of goes hand in hand with that growth and open communication and really trying to leave that ego at the door. And I think that that's just so important for the profession and um, really any healthcare profession, you know, you, you want to be the best at what you do, but everyone's going to be, you know, very well versed in certain things. So um, I think that just really relying on each other is is kind of that, you know, that next step that everyone should start to realize. But um, that's just my two cents, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you nailed it. I mean, look at our look at our hashtag for the the month. You know, essential to healthcare. And we we've had discussions in the Wolfpack, and I've had discussions with other 
athletic trainers and what's that mean like are we the end all be all in healthcare you know are we so arrogant that like ah oh, athletic trainers we, we fixed the world we came in and we did covid screening and we we can swap for covid and we can do all this but no like we're essential to our our population set you know not just not just athletics not just industrial but you know all those industrial civil service uh, athlete obviously athletes because it's in our, in our title right um some are strength coaches you know that's not me <laughs> i'm not i'm not a strength and conditioning guy but i'm willing to learn like you said i'm willing to to learn a new technique i'm willing to help our coaches teach you know something i'm going in the weight room and i'll show a kid how to do a squat or power clean you know that's important we're, we're essential to kind of all those little areas that we're involved in with our current job it's in situation yeah exactly yeah um so i guess kind of last topic here before we get on to the hhf5 um so when i discovered you it was it was just due to some twitter activity um just regarding some at topics and i i really liked you know some of your discussion points and things on there um so do you have any kind of strategies for kind of using social media to raise awareness about athletic training and um really you know just patient care in general no real no real strategies um i try to follow you know a wide a wide net of healthcare professionals on social media and if you looked at you know my follow list it's it's mostly athletic trainers going down you know some pts some doctors but you know for the most part i'm interacting with you know the athletic trainers and i'm just again just trying to learn just trying to grow with with them and help help me help them grow a little bit um you know i referenced the Wolfpack earlier and that was kind of started out of a necessity of of not loneliness but we were just seeking gathering and seeking you know fellowship with other athletic trainers and that's that's where a lot of growth and learning for me has happened is in that that group of of individuals and you know it's a we keep it fun and light and we have we have hard talks and some of those hard talks you know have come from some twitter conversations people have seen and had and so for me i just try to keep an open mind about what everybody's going through and learn something grow something maybe help somebody um in that field and as far as you know the lay person who's not an athletic trainer i i try to do a good job of representing the profession well and make sure i'm posting things correctly and you know i mentioned that phone call out my preceptor teacher from undergrad and he didn't like a post I put out about um this kind of little picture saying athletic trainers are, are meteorologists and we're we're strength coaches and we're counselors and we're you know all these you know there's all these different things and we wear polos and khakis and fanny packs and he's like that's not a job description and I said yeah I wasn't meant to make light of us or you know tear us down berate us as a profession but we do you know we we wear so many hats and I want the general public to see that like you know we're not just in a fanny pack slapping on tape and stretching out a cramp we're we're in the training room we're we're talking to that kid about their recruiting process and about how this injury is affecting them mentally and you know okay you got injured and you have these career aspirations and scholarships on the horizon what do you need to do different you know how do we need to uh, attack this what do you how do you want to attack this so you're you heal and you rehab and you you get back to where you were and functioning normal um it's being a friend, it's being um, able to laugh and cut up and not be so serious, which that's why I had to learn as an athletic trainer. I can be the adult, but still have fun and cut up and laugh with, with my students. We'll, they'll come in and we'll, 
we'll start talking about Power Rangers <laughs> from the 1990s. We'll talk about, you know, superheroes or TikTok dance, like anything, like, and, you know, I just try to have fun. And that's what I want to, I guess, kind of put out on social media is like, I'm here to learn, I'm here to grow. Um, but I also want you to know, like, you know, we're not just some staunch, like, st stiff people who are just all about, you know, healthcare, 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 taping ankles. Like, we want to have fun. We want to grow the profession. And like, we'll see the athletic trainers are, are a wider um, group than just the athletic field. We're, we're there for kind of all, all avenues of the, uh, of the student athlete and the, you know, industrial and civil service type of workers. Yeah, for sure. That's, I mean, yeah, you definitely said it really well. And um, just personally going through, you know, just a few tweets and stuff, I, I definitely think you do a great job of advocating the right way, um, you know, keeping things light at times. And that, that's, you know, uh, it's great for the profession and it's great for networking and, um, you know, just really expanding that conversation that, um, you know, kind of needs to be had about athletic training in general. There's times, like, I mean, I don't know if you follow, like, the 18 anonymous and people like that, but there's times when I, when I read some of this post, I'm like, ah, do I be a jerk and, like, point out a flaw, or do I really try to grow them? And there's a fine line there, right? Mm -hmm. Fine line of, of, oh, they really just asked that about, you know, quitting after one year in the profession. Um, you know, do I really want to, like, get on their case, like, no, tell the person like, to keep grinding, keep moving forward, but it may not be. You know, that may not work for them. So, you know, it's it's definitely a fine line you got to walk on social media because, you know, one one wrong syllable, <laughs> one wrong word, and then, you know, the world blows up on you on social media, right? Yeah. Um, so I try, I try to walk that fine line, and it gets out of hand sometimes. <laughs> I've had, you know, as one of my students says, you're getting Twitter beefs a lot, Mr. Josh. I, I try not to. <laughs> it just happens every now and then. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a fine line with, with social media because you can't, you know, understand someone's personality through keystrokes and emoji and, and gifts you gotta you know see their heart and that's hard to do with 140 characters on Twitter yeah for sure well you know like I said I I personally think that you know you, you definitely have a great um, grasp on kind of that social media use and I know it's just becoming more and more popular so I kind of wanted to throw you know a couple couple questions in about that just just to see you know what your insight was on that but um, I appreciate it. So I guess if you don't have anything else to add on any of those topics, um, we can get into the AT Chat 5. Yeah, um, let's, let's see these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess, you know, take as much time as you need, but I'll kind of just read the first one here and let you formulate something. But where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years? Yeah, I read through this little kind of shot, shot sheet you sent us, um, you know, early on, and I, I saw the question. I've heard it a few times. Like, how to answer that? You know, five to ten years. Um, we know in the in the in the the short term, you know, five years. We're you know we're here. It's been it feels like it was just five years ago we were talking about the Masters program, and we're here. Um, so in five, you know, in five years, ten years. Uh, unfortunately, I, I see a wall, a dip in. And athletic trainers coming out just because of of the rigors of the the six the six years and going to entry level masters and you know you can spend six years and get into this great profession that we're passionate about um, or you can you know take an extra year and become a PT so I think we may honestly we may see a a dip in the 
in the amount of athletic trainers, but we won't see a, a dip in the quality of care. Um, I think we'll see, you know, more well-rounded, more established, more um, mature individuals. You know, you want the 20, 21 year olds kind of, I'm king of the world mentality people coming out. Um, there'll be, you know, you might see some 26, 27, 30 year olds who came back to school because it sounded like an interesting field, kind of like how, you know, we probably all fell into it. It sounded like a pretty cool field to do and you get to work outside and be with athletes. Um, so I think in five to 10 years, we're gonna, in five years, we'll see a little dip, but I think in 10 years, you're going to see an explosion and a growth um, because of the avenues we're, we're going with the field of, of the plant workers, the industrial workers, the law enforcement, the military, um, you know, all those different avenues who it really interests me. And I, I would love to get involved with one of those kind of subsets with my current job. And you'll, you'll see more, more athletic trainers in those non-traditional settings, which is going to be awesome for that, you know, AT for all mentality that we, we've, you know, really established and built these last few years on social media. Yeah, absolutely. Very, I mean, very well said. Um, so our second question here for you is, what advice would you give to yourself as a young athletic trainer? Well, I think you touched on it, but relax. Like, one, relax, and two, you know, you don't have to be so gung-ho all the time. Like, you know, if a kid comes in and is acting a fool, like, take a breath, take a step back, don't just yell at them. Like, let them meet you where you're at. You meet them where they're at and see, you know, see why they're, you know, Acting, acting a fool in your training room. And don't be instant just to like to kick them out and run away. Like learn to just take a breath and and go with the flow of um of the day a little bit. You know, don't get walked over, but um, have a little more fun. Have a little more you know relaxed mindset about your day day to day interactions. Sure. Yeah, that's. I mean, great advice for sure. Uh, our next question for you is, what has been the most influential resource that you have found in your career? Probably, you know, social media to an extent. Um, a lot of athletic trainers that I connect with and I have a deeper relationship with is because of social media. You know, the Mike Hoppers and the, and the, um, the Jeremy Jacksons and the Canada Athletic Training People. It's those little interactions that you've seen, you know, through kind of just that lens of social media. Um, but you become friends with them, you learn them, you learn, who, not learn them, you kind of learn, you know, their personality, kind of their backstory a little bit. And then when you meet them, you're like, all right, this is the name and face that I've, I've been seeing on social media. You know, it's, it's good to finally interact with them face to face, whether that's at a conference or a meeting or, you know, a CU class or whatever. Um, you know, that's been kind of growth I've seen and I've learned from other athletic trainers through social media. You know, and obviously I've talked to my professors and, you know, friends in the field around here, but, you know, using those resources to, to grow myself. Um, not too much of an evidence-based person. I probably should be doing more evidence-based research, <laughs> but I think it's my evidence sticks in social media <laughs> right now. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I know there's quite a few people that have been really taking advantage of the, really the networking opportunity, and uh, I think it's great for the profession. and. Uh, you know, it, it just opens a lot of doors and, you know, being able to learn from them and being able to teach them things too. So I know we kind of touched on that earlier, but, um, you know, I, I think that is a great resource. 
So our, our next question for you would be, if you could change or eliminate one thing, um, whether it's a modality, maybe a mindset, common practice, um, anything along those lines in the field of athletic training, what would that be? I think we touched on like the mindset, you know, not just that 24 seven, 365 mentality. You know, we kind of touched on that a little bit, but um, through like listening to different podcasts and, and doing some personal practices myself and looking at some, you know, some different research, I've, you know, eliminating those kind of common modalities we all learn in school, those kind of passive modalities a little bit of STEM and ultrasound and, and ice and ice massage. Do I, do I use all those? Absolutely. Um, there's, a, there's a time and a place for all of them, um, but not, not getting so just stuck in, okay, let's ice and stem this shoulder. Let's ultrasound ice and stem this, this bruised quad. Like let's, let's slick the patient as a, as a whole, you know, great example. We, we have an athlete, track athlete who's, we thought it was one thing going on with his, his leg and like, oh, this kid's still having pain. It's, it's been a week and a half. What's different? All three of us looked at him in the training room one day. We all like, evaluated him, all kind of looked at him, kind of like he was under like a surgical light. And we're like, what is going on? And then it clicked. We had him do one thing. We're like, that's it. It's, it's the hip affecting the knee. It's not the knee affecting the ankle. It's not the knee hurting. It's his hip causing all these other issues to transpire. And so like, it's taking that, taking that step back, taking that breath and be like, okay, I can just keep throwing stem and ice and stretches this kid, or I can fix the problem. And what is, how do I fix the problem? I meet the kid where they're at and see the kid as a whole, see the athlete, the individual, the, the patient as a, as a whole person and not just that one injury and not just those passive modalities. So, you know, looking at the, at the, as the, at the athlete, as the patient, as a, as a whole person and looking in, you know, head to toe in the, the darn connect chain, as we called it <laughs> in undergrad. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, definitely, um, you know, more good advice to, to just kind of blend into your practice, you know, taking that step back and just using the time to, to think. So our last question for you here is, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Oh, it's, it's growth. It's, it's interactions. It's, it's more than sports. That's all I thought it was coming out is it's sports you're wrapping ankles and you're standing at football practice and you know no clue what it was in college <clears throat> but it's it's so much bigger than that it's you know we touched on sort of it's just being a part of that team and having that camaraderie and that that you know want to be with these athletes want to be with these coaches want to share these highs and lows with them at all times and you know and find ways to really, you know, meet these kids, meet these, these students, these athletes, these, these patients where they're at and not just fix their injury, like really kind of get into their headspace, get into their, their body and just kind of really learn them, learn who they are, you know, be in their, be in their bubble, let them know you're, you're cared for, you're respected. And I, you know, I want to be, you know, everything I can to help you achieve your maximum potential in your sport. Yeah, no, I, it's all great stuff to hear um you know you, you definitely really sound like a passionate and um you know that growth mindset at and that's just it's so important for your patients to see too um and you know i, I can tell that you're definitely you know advocating and 
really advancing, um, you know, especially the area you're around. And it's just, it's great to hear. I'm glad that we were able to get in touch and get you on here. Absolutely. Thanks for, again, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, it's been, been fun. <laughs> we'll do it again sometime, hopefully. Yeah, for sure. We can, uh, we can definitely, uh, really appreciate it. Definitely do uh do another one with you here soon, but uh, yeah, I'll be listening. I'll be promoting you guys. Uh, not just my personal <laughs> episode. I'll be blasting you guys out on social media. Go go follow. Go like these guys. Um, it was fun. You know, I enjoy y'all y'all y'all's podcast, y'all's content. It's uh it's great. It's good stuff. Well, yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I also had a T chat. Really appreciate it, and um, yeah, we were glad to have you. Appreciate it, man.